It's time once again for The Modern Heathen Man with your host, Joe Marrero, and his wife, Kelly. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. I want to tell you to grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some cider, grab yourself some coffee or some tea, sit back, relax, and join us as we discuss modern heathenry together. And I want to hail you for joining us and want to make yourself a better heathen. So sit back and relax, and we're going to begin. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. One of the most important things for our rituals when we get together is, of course, the mead. Mead is a, a mix of things that we put together. We can add fruit to it. It could be just honey, so on and so forth. But we use it every single time. I make my own mead. I know what kind of a sacrifice it takes to make all the work involved in it, all the time involved to let it do what it needs to do, for it to set properly, for it to age, and all the good things that make me good. When we're out looking for meat, it's really hard to find a good meat because meat takes a lot of effort to make, a lot of time, a lot of understanding, and you can make just a regular meat, but it doesn't always taste good. And those people that make meat understand what I mean. Those people that drink mead really understand what I mean. So when we're heathens and we're looking for mead, one of the things we want to look for is somebody that understands the gods, understands what is needed for our rituals, for our kindreds, somebody that also holds frith with the ancestors, the gods, and the Ein Yar. Friends, if you're looking for someone like that, I have found a place for you. It's called Ravenwood meadery they are both heathen they are a heathen run business and just like you and me they take pride in their mead and what they do they hold frith continually with the gods and the ancestors they produce a really good product with fruits in it spices in it and just plain old ordinary mead they also have horns and other things available and they're always running specials you can find them at ravenwood Huntsville.com, if you'd like, and they are a great place. Let me tell you, some of the best mead comes from them, and I know that for a fact because they hold thrift. If you're looking for mead today, you can find them online on Facebook under Ravenwood Meadery, or you can look them up online under RavenwoodHuntsville.com and get their mead list. Guys, I'm telling you. It's a wonderful thing. Heathens helping heathens build their businesses is what it's all about. I want to thank you guys for joining me for this small little commercial and tell you to have a great day. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. In our search as heathens, we're always looking for new people to connect with, to get information from, to share in our path as we're walking down the path. And a lot of times we look online and we look for different places to go. And we find a few places here and there um, that are good and stuff like that. But if we're looking for a really great place, can I recommend a place that I've found? I have found a really wonderful home in a place called Awaken the North. Awaken the North was recently founded, maybe about two years ago. It's an online community. They also have a Discord, a Facebook page, and a website. 
You're able to get on there. You're able to go ahead and talk to different people about different things, ask your questions, connect with other heathens, and really grow there. Um, they have a bunch of different things for specific styles of heathenry, a bunch of different things for different people in that community. And wherever you find yourself, you will find a home at Awaken the North. I personally am a member of Awaken the North, and I do want to recommend them again to you. It is a great place for you to grow, for you to get all the information you could possibly want. And I know a lot of us have been jaded by a lot of these online places, but this place, I'm telling you, is different. It is one of the best places I've gone. I know the guy who runs it. It's a really good thing. They have a board of directors that are really good. All they want to do is see you succeed as a heathen. There's none of this other political stuff that goes along with it. It is just a fun place to be a heathen. If you're looking for a place, I do recommend them once again and say you should try Awake in the North. Look them up on Facebook, look them up online, or find them on Discord. Hey, I want to thank you guys. Have a great day. Everyone, thank you for joining me for the latest episode of Modern Heathen Man. I'm joined today with my wife, Kelly. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing heathenry in the mainstream media. It's a big, uh, it's a big topic, and I look forward to talking about it with you. So, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee like I'm having, and sit back. And enjoy Modern Heathen Man. So, the topic today comes about because of a couple different things. The more we get into true heathenry, and understanding the true family tree of the gods, and the way things really happen with the gods, the ancestors, and the warriors, the more, I don't want to say upset, but I want to say the more distant we find ourselves from the mainstream idea of heathenry. With that said, I also want to add the caveat of the actual Vikings and the Norse people themselves and how they're portrayed in mainstream media as well and their actions and their deeds and the things that they do when you actually delve into the actual history of the people and you find out that it's different than what um, mainstream media is putting out there. So, with that all said, let's begin with just mainstream media, first of all, because it's the most important with movies. Now, we all love Marvel. We all love Marvel Comics. We enjoy the joy from them. We enjoy the, I don't know, excitement of them and the idea of them. And the humor. The humor. And I'm all for comic books, 100%. Okay? But we have to teach our children and those around us that we need to separate the Marvel Thor universe from the reality of what we believe to be Thor. Um What's his name? Chris Hemsworth, right? Yes. He's done a wonderful job of portraying Thor and does a wonderful job of, you know, the names and everything like that, but they're not right. You know, like, Sif's not his wife. Sif's just a warrior with him in his band of warriors. Um, 
the Valkyrie that left, so on and so forth, to become a bounty hunter for Jeff Goldblum. Just off-the-handle idea. Um, different things like that. And then, you know, the new one where Thor is actually a woman, and it's in a different universe, and all the other stuff. And then, my favorite of all time, I want to say this, my favorite of all time, is the Alligator Loki. I love Alligator Loki. <laughs> That's by far my favorite He's of all time. He's so adorable. I love Alligator Loki. I, I do too. It's my favorite of all time. I know it's not true. However, <laughs> it is my favorite of all time, the Alligator Loki. Okay. So with that all said, there's a couple different things that go on here. Um, in separating those things, we, we want to separate them in the sense that we want people to understand that's not truly what we believe and we don't hail to an alligator Loki. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in the same token, it opens up a dialogue. It opens up a way for us to begin to bring our religion a little more mainstream. Now, with it not being true, it's kind of hard and it's kind of rough and it's kind of you have to lightly touch some of those things with people to explain to them that that's not the truth, that's not what you believe in, just because it has the name and the... It, it's not acting like a duck, it's not quacking like a duck, it just happens to look like a duck. So, and have the same name as a duck. So with that said, we want to tell people, you know, this really isn't what we believe in, it's kind of, but not fully. So, um, I did, however, see on the Happy Meals... Um, from Walmart, from Walmart's McDonald's, that they uh, have the uh, goats now that drive Thor around. So that'll be interesting we to see. We haven't seen the new Thor movie, so yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm putting off seeing it for a little bit. But anyway, so that's that's the beginning part. The second part of that is TV. Um, I really enjoyed The Last Kingdom. Um, I saw that. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, not as happy with how they portrayed the Norse in the sense that um, they seemed dirty, they seemed unkempt, they were very, I don't know how to explain it, very disorganized in the things they did and so on and so forth. And I didn't like that idea. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff was true and factual and... They tried their best. I could tell they did. They just got some things that weren't proper. Um, Vikings, totally other end of the spectrum. I mean, as far as they went, everything was great for entertainment value. Everything was great for um, the cast and how they did this and that and all the things that went on the show. But in portraying the Norse, I don't think that it hit the mark in any way, shape, or form, to be honest with you. Um, I do like that it did show them as farmers. I do like that it showed the hierarchy of the civilization in the beginning where it was a Jarl, and the warriors were below that, and they all paid homage to the Jarl, and so on and so forth. Um, I like the longhouses and the celebrations they showed. Those you know, were true and factual. Um, but none of these show like our holidays, none of them show our bloats, none of them show the things that are important to us as heathens in portraying these people. So, like I said, it'll, it can open a dialogue, 
um, with your friends and whoever's around you and make things a little more mainstream. It could also open a dialogue, you know, with people at work and your bosses and things like that. I mean, they've all heard of the Thor movies, I'm sure of it, you know. They've all heard of Vikings and they've all heard of The Last Kingdom because these are all really big right now. Right. So, any input, Kel? Yeah, um, going along with the the TV shows, there's a couple of other ones that I've seen that aren't as popular as Vikings. Norsemen. The Norsemen, which is kind of funny. It it represents people a little bit more accurately than Vikings, and it has some humor in it. Um, There's one called, I think it's called The Mighty Johnsons. It's an Australian show Uh where the... All these brothers are incarnations of the gods. Yeah, what's the one that takes place over there in... Um, Ragnarok. I was just going to mention, Rock, yeah. mention that one. And, and those kind of give you an idea of what the gods' powers are, what their gods of, what their, what their different traits could be. And again, not specifically accurate, but kind of gives you more of an idea of what they do and what their role is as a god. Right, right. Um, and of course I, I can't, I can't go on without mentioning, um, American Gods. You know, that's the other one, you know, where Wednesday is Odin. Um, and you learn about Thor taking his own life and things like that. And, you know, as much as I like Neil Gaiman, it, it wasn't very, I don't want to say factual, but it was really based on a lot of conjecture rather than facts. Right, until he did his more of his research and wrote Norse mythology. Right. It was kind of, well, this is kind of, kind of what I believe Thor to be, and this mm-hmm. is kind of how Thor acts in the modern world, or not Thor, I'm sorry, Odin. Right. This is kind of how Odin would act in the modern world. Well, Thor too, because and, he was a strong yeah, man, remember? Yeah, yeah, and Thor was in there too, that's right. But... He doesn't mention other gods in that mythology. He doesn't mention Freya or Frigga or anybody else. Right, right. He just kind of... He's focused on Odin and not even Thor, just that one little section of where Thor played into it. Yep, and that's it. So, with that said, like I'm saying, you know, all these things can either work against us or work in our favor... Moreover, I look at them working in our favor in the sense that it will open up a dialogue for us to talk to other people about it. Um, there was something else I was going to say, and I totally forgot now. But anyway, I lost my train there. But, yeah, it opens up that dialogue, allows us to talk to other people about it, lets us be a little more mainstream, and also opens up an opportunity for us to invite those people in to see a bloat or to see a symbol. And to really begin to understand um, the culture that we live in, that we have as heathens. I do tell people all the time to, you know, study, 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 and study. And the reason that is, is because when things like this come up, we can always look at them and take them with a grain of salt and say to people, okay, no, this is how this person portrays it, but this is how we believe it to be. Um, If you're studying stuttering around and fumbling and trying to get the words out that you need to say for what we believe in, there comes a problem because then people aren't even sure that you know what you're talking about. Right. You know, that discredits um, heathenry in general. And I'm not saying that you do that. I'm just saying that, you know, it could, you know, when people look at it. 
I really um, recently read a, a really good book um, called Norseman. Was it Northman? Northman. 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 Um, there's a new there's a newer movie called The Northman too, which uh-huh. we haven't seen yet, and I'm waiting to see that one to see if how they portray the Norse culture in that one too. Right. This new book out it's called Northman. It was really just published recently. I got it from our local library, and I was really surprised. It was a really good book on the history of. Um, Northmen in general of the Norse and um, where they went, how they did this. It goes like in different spurts of who did what. It, you know, one of the things in there that was really interesting, and I've used it quite a bit in everyday life anymore, is how the Ukraine was the original foundation of the Viking stronghold in Rus. And how. Um, without Ukraine, there'd be no Russia. And a lot more is understood in the idea of that war. Not that it's right or wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it's right in any way, shape, or form for them to have evaded. But it brings a little more light to the idea of why Russia wants Ukraine back. Um, their identities there. And then it also explains the tenacious fighting force that these Ukrainian people have because of where they come from. I mean, this is the original Viking settlement. The original Norse settlement is Ukraine. So it means a lot to see that happening and for them to be battling once again as a people and as united. And it's really strange, and it it explains a lot to me and explains a lot to you as the reader when you're reading how it works. So... um, with that all said, the other thing is we've had a couple people in the mainstream media that have done some stupid things. Um, I know one of the shooters in one of the mass shootings was wearing a Thor's hammer and claimed to be heathen. And he was doing it for his heathen ways and so on and so forth. And we have to, you know, get away from those people. We have to get away from those ones that make us out to be hateful people. Because we're not a hateful people. I mean, there's no way. Um, as long as you're, you know, in a universalist kindred, there, there's no hate. And even from most of the other groups, I really don't get hate, to be honest with you, from any of the other groups. Um, right. That's just me personally, though. I, I can't answer for anyone else. I'm just saying for me personally, I've not received any hate from any of the other groups. As a matter of fact, some of the other groups have contacted me and asked me to use some of my writings and so on and so forth in their things and um, I've given permission for that and so on and so forth because I'm not writing for them I'm writing for us Um, but it's important to know that you know the same token I believe that they have the right to worship the way that they want to worship and we have the right to worship the way we want to worship so I don't really try to step on their toes and they don't try to step on my toes I'm not for what they stand for. I'm not for what they do. I don't support it or anything like that. So it is what it is, and it'll stay that way. Because nothing I can really say or do is going to make them change their mind. All it does is fuel their fire, to be honest with you. Um, Oh, yeah, we did see that other thing, that um, hate thy neighbor. Yeah, that was really interesting. We didn't watch all of the series, but it is very interesting. Right. The premise of it is this Muslim um, comedian, 
from England um, takes this whirlwind tour of the world a bit and goes to all these people that claim to hate another group of people for one reason or another. And one of the first ones he went to was, of course, white supremacists. And, you know, first I saw a lot of our symbolage, a lot of our things that we hold near and dear on their walls and about them and everything else. And I was angered at first. Um, but they welcomed this man in who is also, a, a, you know, an African-American. Well, he was an African-American because he's not American, but he's a black man from England and he's Muslim. And they offered him in and he ate dinner with the family. And they really opened up and discussed things um, openly, not just with the idea that I hate you and that's that. Um, so it was kind of strange. And he was invited to a couple different... Um, I don't want to say ceremonies, but a couple of different things that they did um, throughout the time he was with them. And he got to go to a couple of those things. Um, so you got to see a little bit of uh, firsthand what it's like. Now, I don't subscribe to those people. I don't like them, but it opened my eyes as to how they use our symbolage and stuff. And, and what those sim- what our symbols mean to them to as them, opposed yeah. to what they mean to us. Right. And how they're using our symbols and our gods and our things to represent hate. their beliefs. Yeah, their hate or their dislike of something specifically. Uh, and how it portrays on their society. And it's really strange. I mean, he had a big old Thor's hammer in the back of his garage while he was sitting there doing work. He's like a... A metalsmith of some type? Uh, a woodsmith. He, was, yeah. he does wood carvings. That's right, he does wood carvings and things like that for and people. Tattoos and tattoos. And tattoos, yeah. So he had a big old Thor's hammer there behind him. And, you know, it's kind of distressing to see it. But in the same token, I wanted to learn. I really did. So that's the other thing. You take all these things as a learning opportunity and how the world sees us well, and I was sees... Say- Actually, one good reference to learn about the gods, and that's not 100% accurate, but it is something good in, to learn about the gods in a, in a friendlier way, is the Rick Warden Hammer of Thor series. That's the one we got for our Yeah, side. for him. So, they represent the gods really, really well, and it pulls, it plays into the um, Greek gods a little bit, because it's intertwined with his Greek gods series a little bit, but it's a standalone series as well, and it's really good for getting kids, middle school age, maybe late elementary age, to learn how to learn about the gods as well. Yeah, to really start delving into who the gods are and, you know, finding themselves and the gods and all that other stuff, it's, it's a really good series to start that. We look for as many um, interactive things as we can for our son to begin to uh, get him to interact, you know. And and again, Thor and stuff like that is a really good beginning interaction because it's a mainstream hero. You know, for us, it's really a hero. And for the world now, it's a mainstream hero. And we can take that and, you know, run with that, you know. So just the, the things aren't factual about him or, you know, his family and such. But... Some of them are there, you know, like, you know, his mother, um, Frigg is there, and he visits her a couple times, so some of those things are just not everything we would like to see there is there. 
Um, but it, again, it opens up a dialogue with your kids. It opens up a dialogue with your friends. It opens up a dialogue with the world. And this is a mainstream hero that is now a Norse god. And when you say to people, oh, I'm Norse pagan, and they're like, what's that? You know, I believe in Thor and Odin and things. Like, you really believe in that? Yeah, I believe in that, and this is how we worship them. We don't really worship them. We venerate them. And it lets us tell people how we, you know, are really part of that society. And, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, are you kidding? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. And they just walk away from you like you're a weirdo. But others are like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Right. So it works to our advantage and our disadvantage. Um, what I wanted you to get from this, the gist that I wanted you to get from this, honestly, is that it's not a bad thing. It's not necessarily a great thing that they're misrepresenting us, but it's not a bad thing in the sense that they're not doing bad, you know, in mainstream media. They're really trying to portray um, the excitement of what heathenry really is. Oh, I know the other thing I want to add to that. <laughs> we keep thinking of other things we want to add to it as we go on. Well, no, the train of thought that I missed, and I'm back to it, <laughs> is that the other problem we have is we have the bandwagon ears. The people that are jumping on to be heathen just because they think it's like what they see on TV or in mainstream media. We have to really weed those people out and really begin to, I don't want to say push those people, but basically push them to see what they're really about. Are I they would, in it? I would say it wouldn't be pushing them. It would be more like educating them. If you, if you think what, what you see on Vikings is what heathenry really is, it's not that It's not that way. No. We're not out there to pillage and plunder every every society out there. Right. We're not LARPing every weekend. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, if you're really into the Viking thing and being an actual Viking, no, there are LARPing groups out there. But learn what you are LARPing about, too. Right. Learn what the people you, you want to represent lived and learned and, and believed in. Just so you have that common knowledge, because some of those LARPers out there mm-hmm. are just as edu- are, are true Norse heathens that want to portray a piece of history, but also want to know the history and want to know the religion and want to know the culture as much as they possibly can, and they will get on you for not knowing mm-hmm. what you're putting out there. There's nothing worse for me than seeing someone wearing a big old Thor's hammer. And I begin to talk to them about being heathen and saying the heathen things. And they look at me and go, oh, I really don't practice. I just wear the hammer because it's cool. And, you know, for me, I'm just like, oh, so you'd wear a cross because it's cool and not practice? Well, no. Oh, okay. You know, you walk away from them. But it kind of, I don't want to say gets me up in my soapbox, but it kind of gets me you know, a little upset, a little angry that it's a symbol that I don't want to become an everyday symbol. You know, I want it to represent us and represent what we stand for. And when it begins to be not used for that, it becomes a problem. So that's what I'm going to say. Just, we got to, in pushing, I mean, we got to push those people in the sense that I don't want to say like, test them. But I do want to say test them, if you know what I mean. We want those people to understand that what we do is real. What we do for us is reality and life. 
and that it's not just dress up for the weekend. It's not play Viking. It is being Norse pagan. It is real, and in them coming and offending the gods, they offend our kindred, which offends the gods toward our kindred, and then brings our frith down with the gods. And that's the part I'm saying that really bothers me. And they don't understand how much their word is bond. They don't understand the actual nuances of the religion. And they begin to ruin it because they don't understand it. And they make it what they want to make it, as I talked about before, because they don't have the guidance to make it what it's supposed to be. Well, I think one of your favorite examples of that, and, and you've mentioned it before, is this this guy that had this huge yeah. Thor's hammer tattoo on the back of his leg, and it was beautifully done. And he's like, and you approach him and talk to him, and you're like, oh, are you a Norse pagan too? And he's like, what's that? Yeah, he has no clue what it he even has, is. Yeah, he has no clue. And, and he's like, well, the Thor's hammer on your leg, it's beautiful, it's this... And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, the the tattoo on your leg, it's a, it's a Thor's hammer. He's like, yeah, I just like the Marvel movies. But it wasn't the, the Marvel movie Thor's hammer. It was a Thor's hammer like we wear yeah. around our neck. It was a... Like a full-on religious Thor's yeah. hammer. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm a Christian. I'm like... And Joe's like, but you're wearing a Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's, it's, a, it's a religious symbol, Thor's hammer. It's not the Marvel Thor's hammer. Yeah, it's a pagan symbol. Oh, my God, no. I'm like, yeah, it's a pagan symbol that you're wearing on your leg. No, no, no. It's uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I show him mine, and I show him the one around my neck, and he doesn't know what to do now because now he has this pagan symbol on his body, and he's just a devout Christian. So, and I'm not saying it to make fun of the man. I'm, I'm not. I just felt bad for him because... There's no reason he should be wearing a pagan symbol in his body if he's that devout of a Christian and doesn't know that. What must other people think of him that know that? Right. So that's what I'm saying. We have to, you know, open that dialogue and really be truthful in that dialogue because if we let it go and those people that we don't push to let know those things now go through the time and don't know, and that's bad. So... With that said, I'm going to end this session of Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be here. Um, happy Thor's Day to you all. Um, and hail you all for wanting to be a better heathen. Hail the gods for blessing us. Happy Freyfaxi. Freyfaxi was actually the first, but we were going to celebrate it today yep. with our kindred. Happy Freyfaxi. I hope you... Uh, made it some bread and stuff. Yeah, we, we do everything on our full moons, and we follow the full moon cycle rather than just the calendar cycle. But, yeah, so we do everything on the full moons for the bonfire and stuff. But have a happy um, Freyfaxi, and hail you all for joining us. Thank you so much, and I'll see you the next time.